1: Welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi, and oh, do we have a good show for you today. Are you looking to improve the productivity in your business this year? Well, Don Kohler, who is a master-level coach, as well as president, CEO of Kohler & Company, and a published author... All those in one person, can you believe that, is joining our show for the first two segments to talk about how she is specifically helping her clients through executive and management training programs. Our radio show is brought to you by our advertising community companies like Center Club, Community Bank, Decision Toolbox, Executives Unlimited, MBN Design, S&H Rubber, Strategic Market Intelligence, Succession Strategies, Sunup Group, t and Tone & Software, Turn up the volume and UPS protection. The goal for this show is to help you, our listening audience, of CEOs who are running middle market companies in Southern California to improve your decision-making skills. If you'd like to connect with me, Rick Franzi, just find me on LinkedIn, F-R-A-N-Z-I is my last name. CEO Peer Groups is my Twitter handle. And on your favorite podcasting software, simply type critical mass radio show and you can get our regular updates every week all right as i said don kohler is our first guest on welcome to the program
2: thank you rick I enjoy being here
1: it's going to be great to have you here let's talk first of all about the firm kohler and company help me to understand what it is you do and maybe highlight what makes your firm different than others who may suggest they do what you do for clients
2: Certainly. Well, Kohler & Company is an executive coaching firm, and we really focus on senior leaders, VP and above, to help them really become better at what they do. I think so often we get in the mode of doing business, as we've always done, and I think oftentimes we don't really consider the impact that we're having on others So our firm goes in and helps executives take a different look at themselves. Mm -hmm. Uh, We do a a pretty extensive 360 process where we interview most of the folks in the firm. Right. And we find out, you know, what's going on. How are they experiencing their leaders?
1: Okay. I get a sense that emotional intelligence may be part of what you work on with your leaders. Is that? Is that a fair thing for me to say, helping them be more in touch with how they impact their organization?
2: Absolutely. I think that's very fair. And, you know, what we run across most often is the unintended effects of our behavior and actions. You know, nobody nobody wants to walk into their company that day and be disrespectful or, you know, send this tone through the environment that's negative. It's really not our intention. Yet, because of... What we said, how we said it, how we walked into a room, it can have that effect. And oftentimes we just don't know, again, because it's not aligned with our intentions. Once we get that feedback and we're able to sit down with the leader and say, you know, this is what's happening out there. Mm -hmm. And are you really having the impact that you want to be having on your people?
1: Right. Uh, It's my experience because I work with CEOs and business owners, top executives. Um, CEOs are oversampled. The employees are always want. oh, the conference room door is closed. She just walked out. She has a frown on her face, especially during the recession and in the years following the recession, people were, employees were very unsure about the economy, etc. And And I think it's important that leaders realize how many people are watching them at at all times and the littlest nuance can become something significant for water cooler conversations
2: absolutely it's huge and we don't think about it as leaders and many leaders were promoted because they were technically good at what they know how to do and they don't really think of themselves as having the power and carrying the weight that they do when they walk into a room Uh, you know It really is quite a bit like parenting in that if you've got a parent or you've watched a parent from a young child point of view and they walk in a room in a certain mood or a certain attitude, you feel it. Everybody in that family feels it. It is not unlike that in the workplace.
1: Well, you mentioned 360s. Mm-hmm. I, I think those are a very powerful and revealing diagnostic that more leaders and middle-level managers should really take the opportunity to get that kind of unfiltered, confidential feedback.
2: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we really look for the patterns in that. You know, I mean, any one particular person, it's interesting. You can get feedback. And it, it's more about the person giving the feedback than it is <laughs> the leader. It's, I'm it's my so chance bad. to say some and things and that I can I'm throwing this person under the bus. Exactly. And that's not where they belong. So... So you know it's discerning what's good feedback and then being able to give the leader the feedback in a way that it can be heard Mm -hmm. and that's interesting and we often that's a nuance in the uh, initial interview because to be honest there are some leaders that you just need to get right to the point and show them what's happening in a more direct way because you get the sense that they need to have that window of vulnerability blown open because they're so protected against it. And then there are other leaders that you think, you know what, this feedback, they're so sensitive that we really have to couch it in a different way. Mm -hmm. So it really depends, and it's really getting an understanding of who they are in the beginning to help us inform what's the best way to give them the feedback we're going to receive.
1: That's excellent. And I'm speaking with Don Kohler. She is many things. One of them is a master level coach, and her firm is Kohler & Company. One of the things that impressed me is that you've been doing this for 15 years, so you've seen different economic situations, and I'm always impressed by leaders who will take the time to hire a professional coach to help them or to help their people. How did you get started as a professional coach?
2: This is not a career that I sought. Uh, I actually owned a computer company. We were the first Geek Squad here in Orange County, called Icon Computer Corporation, and there was three of us. We were all about 23 at the time when we started the company with $100,000 with a seed fund that you know we dug up from family and friends and That's anybody pretty good. that would exactly, exactly, old. exactly. Yeah. anybody that would throw us some money. Uh, started here in Tustin, grew that company through the state of California. Had you know over 100 technicians running up and down. We really started the business based on a four-hour Respond and repair service contract, which was innovative at the time because the Mm -hmm. only solution was to pick up your computer and take it down to computer land. And it really hit. We were able to get women owned status because I had the majority share. And uh, in year two, uh, Southern California Edison put 22,000 PCs under contract.
1: (laughs) hallelujah yeah there you go you gotta land it away
2: right so but you know i did the same thing that i watch leaders do all the time which is promoted three tiers of management because they were technically good did not give them any leadership training and they were failing and a turnaround point for me in my career was when my vp and this was the most valuable person in our company came in shut the door and offered me his resignation and i said you know mike why? You're, you're the most valuable player here. And he said, you know, Don, he goes, I know I'm really technically good and I know what I'm doing. He said, but I don't know how to manage people. I'm failing them mm. and I can't stand what it's doing to me. And it was really just a turnaround moment for me because I thought, you know, I've set this guy up for failure. Right. And, you know, he meant a lot to me and my company meant a lot to me. And it was, you know, from that point on, I thought, you know, I'm not going to run my company this way anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I talked to Mike, and the 2 he agreed to stay if the two of us went out and researched everything we could on leadership development and, and how to put in a good platform. Okay. We did, and back in the day, Deming was, you know, right. king. And uh, we really did an adaptation of that for our company, and we thrived. We thrived with training. We thrived with metrics. Uh, we thrived with measuring against a vision and driving out fear in our company. And as a result of that, there was a company on the East Coast that wanted West Coast uh, presence and was looking for a Deming-run company, and they picked us up, and and we sold out to them. So the coaching came about as, after the sale, a woman said, you know, I want you to come in and help me with my leaders. Okay. And I said, what do you want me to do? And she said, I don't know. Figure it out. (laughs) So that's how the coaching began, and it really kind of came out of my own experience as being a leader that – you know, really, again, I was setting up folks for for it,
1: it, it sounds like I'm speaking with Don Kohler that the lessons that you learned being in the seat has helped you be a better coach.
2: Absolutely. And more empathetic. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Because, you know, when you have that responsibility and you're running a company and, you know, you're focused on... You're focused on everything, your line of credit, your profits, your people, the whole deal. And it's so easy to not take into consideration some of the nuances that really affect your business, like how you're walking in the door. Right. You know?
1: Something as simple as that.
2: Yes. And, you know, the same gentleman, Mike, had come to me six months later, and he gave me some feedback. And he said, you know, Don, i got to tell you, the techs are just really intimidated by you. Wow. And I thought... Why? Me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I thought, why? Yeah. And what I came to recognize is, you know, I, you know, I was at this point 29 years old. I had young babies at home. And when I was at the office, I'm thinking about my kids. I'm worried about the work. You know, I'm doing all that. So if my face in repros doesn't look happy, it looks mean. Mm-hmm. And I didn't recognize that. Once I got the feedback, if I just wasn't making a conscious attempt to smile, I looked like I was mad. Wow. And people were picking up on that and thinking, oh, she's angry. Of this, yeah. And people personalize that. Right. She's mad, and she's mad at me.
1: Right, I made her mad.
2: Exactly. And I'm sitting there thinking, I wonder if, you know, the baby's up, and right. what time can I get out of here to get back to them, and Amen. that's what's going on in my mind. But that's not, again, the message that my body language was communicating. Right. So I really, I made... Uh, you know, I, I had to look at how I was showing up physically, and I really walked in after that and smiled intentionally because when I smile, I look approachable, and when I don't, I really don't look very approachable. <laughs> wow.
1: Learning lesson here on Critical Mass Radio Show. Don Kohler is our guest. She is many things, as I said at the opening of the show. And one of them is she's a published author, and we're going to be talking about her book after we return from this commercial break. So, if you're listening to us live on OCTalkRadio.net, stay tuned because we'll be right back with Don Kohler president and ceo of Kohler and company a master level coach and a published author here on
3: critical mass radio show wow marketing predictions are out for 2015 and marketing success is changing did you know that google is now actively tracking your business and personal brand and online reputation online and offline marketing has changed Google is driving more than 85% of your traffic. And if your brand is inconsistent or has poor mobile usability, your rankings and traffic can suffer in 2015. To learn how your business is currently viewed and what can be done to improve your brand's visibility and authority, contact SUNUP Group for a free marketing analysis. It could be a business game changer. Visit www.sunupgroup.com today or call 877-609-3840, extension 700. Are you looking for your successor, someone as dedicated and experienced in their field as you? Executives Unlimited delivers the top executive talent you need for your company's long-term success. 98% of our clients re-engage us for additional hires, and over 90% of the executives placed by us since 2007 are still in their positions or have been promoted. That's twice the industry's average retention rate. How do we do this? Dedication. Dedication executives unlimited believe success isn't success until it's long term call us to invest in your long-term success 562-627-3800 or visit us at executivesunlimited.com let our long-term success leverage yours
0: richard franzi is the author of two popular business books for ceos his first book Critical Mass, The Ten Explosive Powers of CEO Peer Groups, was the first book ever written on the secret value of CEO peer groups. His second book, now with newly updated information, is Critical Mass, The Power of CEO Guiding Principles. Richard's books contain powerful information to help CEOs running middle market companies gain valuable insight to improve their decision-making skills. Richard's books are available as paperbacks or Kindle versions from Amazon.com. To find them, type Richard Franzi in the search box.
1: Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Don Kohler is our guest. She's president and CEO of... Published author, her firm is Kohler & Company, and she's a master-level coach. Before we get back to the interview, I did want to thank and acknowledge our listeners who do listen to the radio show as a podcast, maybe from iTunes or the other podcasting services that we use. Over the last 30 days, you've downloaded over 17,000 episodes, and we here at the program appreciate your continued and growing support. As I said, all shows can be heard anytime from iTunes, Stitcher.com, Spreaker.com, literally hundreds of middle market businesses websites who's had their ceo on a radio show and they put his interview or her interview on their website as well as other business oriented podcasting services all right we're back to the studio and don one of the things that i said i wanted to talk about when we came back was specifically your first book and for those of you on youtube you can see that i'm holding it up to the camera so if you if you're listening to us uh, as a podcast maybe you want to go to uh, youtube to the critical mass channel so let's talk about first of all your motivation to write this book, which is titled The Invitation A Weekend with Emma.
2: Great. Well, thank you. You know, it was funny because I really struggled with this for a number of years because coming from, from my background, a business owner and executive coach, you'd certainly expect somebody to write uh, nonfiction. And yes. so I was writing the leadership book and the leadership book on change. and. It was boring me. And I thought, well, you know, if <laughs> boring me, how am I going to get anybody to read it? And, uh, you know, side note, I was sort of playing with this character, Emma Danes, when I just wanted to entertain myself. And she really came from uh, kind of a model of two people. One of them is Anne Moore Lindbergh, who is Charles Lindbergh's wife. And, and certainly, uh, if you remember the Lindbergh mm-hmm. baby. Yes. And the other one is Judy Rosner, who I don't know if you know, but she was a professor here at UCI, wrote one of the first uh, books authored by a female on gender diplomacy out of and mm. was picked up and has done quite a bit of articles with uh, Harvard Business Review. And she's fun and cantankerous, and most of the people in town know and love Judy. And uh, I thought, you know, she would make such a great character. I-, I met her when she was 72 years old. And I thought, you know, I'm going to combine these two and come up with this woman that is you know, pro- prolific in b- business, uh, smart, intelligent, seen a lot, suffered, and might have something to say at her age. Okay. And um, so what I did is I-, I-, I developed that character, and then I developed a protagonist who's a 36-year-old journalist who's, who's going in and spending the weekend with her trying to get an interview. And uh, the cantankerous Emma that we see through the book is just really kind of delightful and lighthearted. And at the same time, my protagonist finds an unpublished memoir where we see the Mm. underbelly of this really successful woman. And really what was driving me to write that is so often, especially highly successful people and certainly highly successful women the vulnerability underneath them what motivates them to achieve success oftentimes come from a deep sense of inadequacy and i wanted to reveal that somehow i wanted to say you know ladies we don't have to work this hard to prove we're okay we already are okay right yeah Yeah. and it's really interesting because it's it's sad to see out there the extent people are willing to go to try to feel okay
1: so who would who would read this book? Who should read this book? Then
2: I think everybody should read that book. <laughs> that makes it simple.
1: <laughs> okay,
2: I think anybody in business will enjoy this book because, again, you know, you see, very successful a very successful person and some of the decisions she made in her life, and ultimately, it reveals at seventy two years old what becomes important. Right after all the success, after all the striving, after all of the damage to relationships what's ultimately important
1: how long did it take you to write it
2: it took me two years to write it and two years to edit it okay which is is really par for the course right the most fun i had with it however is learning the structure of story because the structure of story is really the structure of coaching it's the structure of human development in what way in that we all if we're working life positively we all have a character arc And our character arc is something that if we pay attention every day to our daily experiences, what's challenging us and how we're meeting those challenges? Hmm. If we meet the challenges from a reaction or from a fear, we don't have much of an arc. If we meet those same challenges to reinforce our values, to really struggle with it, to bring out the best version of who we are, we begin a dynamic character arc that takes us to new levels and new paradigms within our world, and I think much greater levels of success than if we kind of just go through life without the awareness that we actually do have an arc if we want to work it.
1: Wow, we're talking with Don Kohler and we're talking about her book The Invitation: A Weekend with Emma. So, are you suggesting that to some degree it's helpful to look at yourself in the third person then?
2: Absolutely. I think if we can all sit back for a moment and say, I'm a protagonist in my own story. Right. And I'm also the writer. And so often we don't look at
4: ourselves <laughs> I as can write my creator. own lines. Exactly,
2: exactly. We're it's sitting there It's total improv. Yeah. It, it gives us a different point of view in which to look at our lives. Mm-hmm. And if you really look at it, you can see, you know, what are your antagonistic forces? What are the ones that keep coming up in your life? And how do they repeat themselves? How do they keep you stuck? Uh-huh. And what are some of the um, opportunities that you have in front of you? And what's your protagonist's goal? You know, when you enter a story, you've got to know what your protagonist's goal is. You need to know what the values of that protagonist is. And you need to know the mask that the protagonist wears. And that mask is how do I want you to see me versus who I really am? And how far of an adaptation is that? Hmm. So it's really, to me, fascinating because it's so much of who we are every day, at work, how we show up. Are we coming from our mask? Are we coming from our sense of authenticity? Are our goals based on that mask? Are our goals based on what we really want to achieve because that's what we're born to achieve? Right. All of that comes into play, and again, I, I see it with my executives and my leaders all the time,
1: So and it's, it, quite it's it sounds like I'm hearing language you use in your coaching.
2: Absolutely. Okay,
1: so how would we buy your book? Amazon.com. Simple as that. There you go. Huh?
2: Absolutely. Amazon.com. My name, Google my name, Dawn Kohler, D-A-W-N-K-O-H-L-E-R, or go into the invitation, and you can download it, get the book. You can do pretty much anything there.
1: Perfect. Well, I think it sounds like a good read for anyone who's a CEO or a leader in an organization.
2: Absolutely. Okay.
1: Um, we have a few minutes left. I, I, didn't, I didn't want the interview to end without me asking you, of all the things you've learned and that you've maybe taught leaders in business, Have you developed an overarching philosophy? I call it a guiding principle here on Critical Mass Radio Show for how you're leading and growing your firm in your practice.
2: You know, we give a lot of talk to this, but we don't necessarily always follow it. I think the leaders that are really successful and certainly the success I've had in my life has come from measuring your decisions against your vision. You know, we make decisions all the time. Oftentimes, the reactive, we unfortunately don't take enough time to reflect and think about the second, third, and fourth consequences of those decisions, mm-hmm. and we don't really take the time to, to, is this decision really in alignment with my vision? Is this going to get me where I want to go? Uh, and I think that you know, that's really how I try to lead my, live my life, mm-hmm. and again, the leaders that I see doing it are really doing some remarkable, remarkable work in the industry and in the world.
1: So you're sort of suggesting that a company can have an arc of a story then, too, right?
2: Absolutely. Okay. And I think it does. Okay. Yes. Well, I tell you, the yes. time is just
1: flying by here with yes. Don Kohler. I uh, have more questions, and I have time <laughs> for which to ask you, but I'm glad. I think we've hit the high points. Uh, there's more that we could get into, and maybe we can do that in a future interview, if you're willing to come back.
2: But... I would love to come back. Okay, cool. This is fun. Let's make Absolutely. that happen.
1: How would people learn about your company, if they want to learn more about your company, Don Kohler?
2: Absolutely. They could go to Kohlerandcompany.com. So K O H L E R and Company.com.
1: Okay, and I know you're doing a lot of work in the entertainment field. Correct. And uh, are you doing work in other fields as well?
2: I I really started in technology. I did a lot of healthcare, but to be honest with you, entertainment is keeping me so busy these days that I'm really focusing more on, in that domain.
1: I would love to have you back. Just to pick at that a little bit, because I think there might be some unique challenges that are in that industry that may not manifest as as much in other industries.
2: they're absolutely would, It is a fascinating industry that okay. is different than any others. <laughs> okay.
1: So we're going to get her back just to talk about the entertainment industry. Yeah, yeah. it
2: makes it a lot of fun to coach there.
1: <laughs> and we're going to do it, obviously, in a confidential manner, so don't worry. Exactly. No names will be revealed or company titles or anything like that. Don Kohler, thanks for being a friend of the program and welcome to Certainly. our community.
2: Absolutely. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time.
1: Our pleasure. Alright. Christopher DeRosa, who is president of the Western Region for Cigna, will be our second guest. He'll be here in the studio after these words from our commercial sponsors.
5: If you are an Orange County CEO or a business owner, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have had these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions through the power of peer learning. These are groups of peers who are running businesses just like you. CEO Peer Groups provides a great sounding board to test fresh ideas and new concepts, review your strategic plans and tactical goals, and present issues and opportunities for a critical discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, and improved business results. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn about our CEO Peer Groups. CEO Peer Groups is a registered trademark of Critical Mass for Business.
0: We specialize in solving all your power needs. As a direct reseller of the best brands in the industry, including Liebert, Powerware, and APC, we can solve all your power protection needs. Protecting your power is our main goal. We offer on-site or depot repair of our critical equipment. To better serve your budget constraints, UPS Protection also offers both reconditioned and new products.
1: Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Hey, are you still confused about the new healthcare regulations? And the benefits for your company? Well, we've invited Chris DeRosa, who is the president of the Western Region for Cigna, to come and kind of talk a little bit about the importance of building a culture of health. But before we get there... I'd like to let you know that our audience demographic is 98% business owners and executives who listen to learn from the experiences of our guests. If your firm is interested in reaching these top decision makers, then advertising on our radio show is the answer. Each month, our sponsors gain valuable exposure to their support of our program. And with our exclusive prospect engagement program, Critical Mass Radio Show delivers 24 warm prospects to each of our annual advertisers. If you'd like to learn more, contact Rose Chamora. 951-515-4661 That's 951-515-4661 If you're listening to us live on OCTalkRadio.net I'd ask that maybe you don't call her for the next 20 minutes because she's here in the studio with us and many times her phone is on ring and we just don't want that interruption, do we Chris? No, we sure don't Okay, so Chris, welcome to the studio
6: Well, thank you for having me
1: It's our pleasure Tell me a little bit about Cigna
6: Uh, Sure Cigna is a global health services company. Um, we uh, improve the health, well-being, and security of our customers. Um, we are in 30 countries. We have a relationship with over 85 million customers. Um, and interestingly, uh, we are the fourth oldest publicly traded company founded in 1792.
1: Get out of town. Can't make it up. Wow. So it sounds like it's big.
6: It, it's at least old. <laughs> it's big and old. Yeah, but We have uh, 41,000 employees and associates wow. worldwide.
1: Wow. Okay, so talk to me. We're Our audience tend to be CEOs running firms of 2 million to about 100 million. We call it lower middle market here on Critical Mass Radio Show. And I'm talking with Chris DeRosa. He's president of the Western Region for Cigna. How does that demog- business demographic fit with Cigna?
6: Actually, it fits quite well. Uh, for us, it's not so much the size of the employer. It's really about how they approach health and wellness as a strategy for their business. We do believe in creating a culture of health, and employers who have that, drive and desire to do that are really the right fit for us, whether you're an individual or whether you're a, you know a multinational corporation. It's that value proposition that really fits with us.
1: And we're going to spend some time talking about your concept and Sigma Cigna's concept of a uh, culture of health. But before we get there, I need to ask a little bit about you. Wh- what's your background?
6: Sure. Uh, my background, so I am a uh, undergraduate at UCLA, go Bruins. Um, and I have a, also have an MBA from uh, UCI, so go Ann Eaters. I have been uh, in the industry since 1992. Uh, Prior to that, I was in uh, banking and in uh, political campaigns, Uh, you know, very uh, deep in my background. But I've actually spent 23 years with Cigna actually coming up in a week, Um, and not all in one job. So it's been a a terrific uh, run. I've been both in line sales. I've been in an IT area. I've been in um, our analytics and uh, sales effectiveness area, I think mission control for a sales team. So the great thing about being at Cigna is my ability to have a varied career, while still keeping the same logo
1: right and ma- maintaining southern california residence
6: um mostly i did spend five years in connecticut uh where mm. our home office is Oh, mm. it's a lovely place to be in connecticut
1: it's a great place to be from
6: it is a great place to be from the interesting part and the thing you enjoy is uh, in connecticut traffic is eight cars at a light
1: uh, which is really
6: <laughs> not the same thing as it is here <laughs> you get frustrated damn i got eight cars ahead of me. <laughs>
1: All right, we're talking with Chris DeRosa. So what does the title president, because you're president of the Western Region, what do you do all day?
6: Yeah, so all day I'm responsible for the overall P&L for our operations, for our lines of business out here, as well as coordinating all of our internal operations to make sure that we are really delivering in a localized uh, and personalized way. That is one of the things that differentiates us is um, even though we're a large national, multinational we actually have um, organizations and general managers in each local market because healthcare is delivered very locally, and right. it needs to really be tailored to each one of those geographies and then knitted together across the entire country to make sure it's the same value proposition, but it may, it may materialize a little differently in each one of the markets. And so we really need to make sure that we deliver it locally. Southern California is not the same as Phoenix. It's not the same as Colorado. It's not the same as Cheyenne, Wyoming. Nevada. Or Nevada. Definitely not Nevada. Or Texas. Or Texas. Or how far west?
1: How far east do you go with the western uh, region? I go
6: to New Mexico and then up to Montana and everything west, including oh. Alaska and Hawaii. You've got all the good states. Yeah, all the best states. These, this is the time of year where everyone comes to visit me. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's right, out of Connecticut. Let's go see Chris. There's got to be some big clients that need to see us down there in Southern California. Chris DeRosa, president of the western region with Cigna, is our guest in the studio. You're listening to Critical Mass Radio Show. Okay, So we teased it at the open for your interview. What is a culture of health?
6: Yeah, so a culture of health is you really have to think about uh, your, your benefits, not as just some commodity we go out and purchase and find the lowest cost. What you really want to think about is how health and wellness is a business strategy. If you think about employers, particularly the middle market employers, each and every person at that organization counts. Each person has a critical role, and if they can be their best self and be at work optimally that happens when they're healthy and when they you have a sense of wellness and well-being and, and when i say that not being sick is not the same thing as being well and just the sort of mm-hmm. absence of illness is is that and just doing illness prevention is not the same thing as promoting wellness it's really about creating a culture where people can work life balance where they can take care of their health and they get support for it you might say well you know Chris, what, what's a good tangible way to, to look at that? Well, when you think about it, do you, do you have access to healthy foods for individuals who are at work? You know, you think, well, I've got a truck that comes out front. Well, you can call certain trucks that have better choices or mm. worse choices, and do you really take that time? Is your vending machine full of, you know, all sorts of bad fat-filled snacks? Or do you have an assortment where people can make a good choice? Um, when you think about that culture of wellness, it, you can employers can really take a lot uh, of a lead in that.
1: And is that an expensive thing to do?
6: No, it really doesn't have to be expensive. Um, you know, We help in the things that we provide in order to get the benefit plan and the incentives aligned with the individuals to help engage the individual in taking care of themselves. When you think about it, they're the person who's going to reap the most benefit out right. of it. They're going to be at work more. They're going to get that promotion. They're going to be able to realize their highest potential when they have an ability to perform at peak at peak performance. So it can be as simple, as I said, just providing access to it. I mean, it doesn't cost you anything to say, hey, I'd like to make sure there's some fruit and vegetables on your truck, not just french fries. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't take a lot to make sure that the vendors and the vending machines are putting more healthy snacks in it. It doesn't take a lot to say, gee, am I giving enough breaks for my employees to get up and walk around, as opposed to just sitting so they can come back and perform even better. uh, What
1: what about suggesting... um you know, wearing pedometers, giving sign of incentives for kind of motion and maybe even gym memberships. W- what's your experience working with middle market companies in that yeah. area? Chris? L-
6: like all things, if they're part of the culture where everyone says, gee, we want to make sure people can get out and walk during the day and we have pedometers so we can have a competition and, and leadership, particularly the leaders of the organization that are listening, actually take an active role in their health and lead by example. Well, then I think pedometers and incentives are a great thing. If you just hand out pedometers and you don't do anything different and there's no <laughs> leadership and there's incentives on there but no one seems really... Well, then those are really not going to do it in and of themselves. There's no intrinsic value to those items unless they're part of an overall strategy and an overall culture that's being created in an organization. So
1: what is it that your firm has seen for companies who take on a culture of health? What type of hard dollar improvement or return on this investment... From an experience base, can can you say that your firm and you have seen?
6: Yeah, so we have done some studies. Um, and in particular, in 2013, we've done a study, and you can find it on our website, www.cigna.com. Sure, for me, uh, but you can find it there. And uh, what it did show is when we surveyed 70 employers relative to their engagement, the top 10%, that top 10% actually had not only greater employee engagement in the three to five times employees engaged on their survey, but they also had the top quartile growth and earnings compared to the other employers that we looked at. So it really does make a difference because, again, those employees, your experienced employees, they're at work, they're healthy and happy, they want to be there. Nothing gets more engagement than employees who want to be there. Even if you have trouble finding, you know, I've often said, even if you have trouble finding the, quote, best talent, if you have really engaged, committed, loyal talent, you will go a lot farther and farther and faster than, than those who have top talent and just really can't sort of get them to gel.
1: Right. So I believe in this concept of tone at the top for initiatives like this, where the, you know, the boss has to model the behavior. So tell us a little bit about your experience of how important is it for the CEO of middle market companies or the president, whatever the top title is to kind of support these programs and to walk the talk
6: yeah we we also found a correlation between leaders who are visibly engaged in their health and and when i say visibly engaged in health you know this is not hey gee everyone in the the team has got to go out and become an olympian right we all have to go out and we've all got to lose like 35 pounds we've got to come out looking like we're you know underwear models that is not what we're talking about what we're talking about is You know, do we think to take a walk during the day? Does anyone see you getting up and walking around? Do you actively wear your pedometer? When you go to lunch, do you actually eat some healthy food when you're out there? Do you inquire and care about your employees and how their health and wellness is going on? It's really about that. I often tell people it's not a matter of, gee, you can go out and lose some weight. Um, Honestly, if you just continue the way we go, Americans on average will put out one pound a year, and they'll continue to go, and it continues to degrade on their health. If they could just simply not put any more weight on, that's a huge step. It's not a matter of going out and doing anything else that way. And it's small incremental improvements that make all the difference.
1: Excellent. We're talking with Chris DeRosa. He's president of the western region of Cigna. Okay, so maybe there's somebody out there going, oh, sure, he works for Cigna. It's to their benefit that we keep our employees healthy because then you'll make money, more money or something. Uh, is that an unfair statement?
6: It, it is uh, actually. If you uh, if you look at our our balance sheets, eighty five percent of Cigna's customers are actually self insured or self pay. So the uh, employers are actually the ones that gain the risk from that uh, fr- from that benefit. It's not us that okay. that, do it, that does that, and so it really is an aligned incentive. So I'm aligned with the employer, who's aligned with the individual, and aligned with our providers, so that all of us win together, or we all lose together, and we lo- we win when employees lead a healthier lifestyle and actually can be more actively at work.
1: Are you finding more companies open to this conversation than maybe they had been in the past?
6: Yeah, so um, I think there are more. And as for some reason, it's kind of a, an interesting what drove it is a lot of it had to do with the taxes, right? So we've always had large employers and even middle-sized employers who are self-funded, who really wanted to improve their health and wellness. The tax changes with PAPACA... Um, created a, an incentive to go self-insured. There's premium taxes on insured business, not on self-funded. So a lot of employers have now been looking at self-funding, and the only way that self-funding works for you is if your risk can be a better profile than the general population, and that only works is if you have an engaged employee population that is healthier. And so we've actually seen an influx of self-insured employers because of that change.
1: Wow. So you're, you're on top of a trend then?
6: Uh, yes, we are.
1: Which is always good in business.
6: Much better place than to be behind the (laughs) trend. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. We're talking with
1: Chris DeRosa. Some people call him Christopher. You can call him whichever one. I don't think he really cares. But Chris DeRosa, president of the Western Region for Cigna. I've got a bunch of other things that I want to ask you about. You're here on Critical Mass Radio Show. So before our next break, uh, help me to understand your philosophy for how you're leading your organization you've learned a lot in your business experience do you have an overarching philosophy we call it a guiding principle that you're applying to your leadership role at Cigna
6: I I do um, and depending on time we could always go into into depth on it but I would say it's around understanding if there's one thing that's a guiding principle for me in my leadership style in uh, our relationship with our customers and in my personal life it's about understanding it's about taking the time to understand who your employees are, what their hopes and dreams are, and where they're looking to go. It's about really understanding your customers, where they're at, and the things they need to improve on, as opposed to trying to be understood. Um I think understanding is a really is the kind of the guiding principle of my leadership. Whenever I find myself in a situation where I'm thinking about me or my agenda, I realize that I've kinda of lost my way at that moment. I need to stop and sort of reset and, and sort of make sure I'm focusing on others and really expressing that understanding as a principle.
1: If I that's very powerful, if I go if I ask you to go back in time, has this always been in your DNA? Is this a learned philosophy?
6: Um I think it was um it was uh, intuitive at first, but uh, I did not always articulate it so clearly. And there was a good period when I first moved from individual contributor into management, where I don't know that I exercise that that skill that well. and the lack of that really creates issues when you really become about yourself. You know, that's when you don't think, I don't think you give your best leadership example. That's where I think you look at people and you don't see them as individuals with hopes and dreams and contributing members of your team. You see them more as utilities, things that would be used to, you know, really kind of bad connotation words come out of your mouth as you start describing that situation. Um, So if there's anything I would encourage um, your listeners to think about, it's really about, you know, are they focused on others? Are they really taking time to understand? A resource I would offer to them is there's a, a book out there called Leadership and Self-Deception by the Arbinger Institute. You can get it on Kindle. I think it's like 4.99. Not that I'm doing a commercial for them. But it's a it's it, it was a meaningful book for me in sort of my leadership transformation. And if there's others who are out there struggling and it just doesn't feel right, I think it's a pretty good book to, and a pretty quick read.
1: And what's the name of it again?
6: Leadership and Self-Deception. It's by the Arbinger Institute.
1: All right, you're listening to Critical Mass Radio Show. That's no deception here on octalkradio.net. And our guest is Chris DeRosa. He's president of the Western Region for Cigna. We're going to take our third and final commercial break here on the show. And when we come back, like I said, I've got a whole other page of questions that I want to ask him. So I'm going to kind kind of talk to you a little bit about what you see as a challenge that's facing your industry and maybe your firm. Is that okay? Absolutely. All right, don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back with Chris after these words from our commercial sponsors.
4: you know how I know? Because I'm the founder and creative director of MBN Design. We're one of Orange County's most established and trusted design firms. With over 20 years of experience, I can ensure that your brand will always stay new. Ask me how our packaging sold millions in months, or see for yourself. Other success stories on our website at www.mbndesign.com. We're MBN because we're making brands new. Call 714-458-8701 and talk to me, Hector Garcia. That's my cell. 714-458-8701. I'll be waiting for your call.
3: S&H Rubber is a manufacturing company in Fullerton, California. We specialize in custom molded, extruded, and stamped rubber parts. If your next job requires a rubber part, we would appreciate the opportunity to quote on it. We serve aerospace, automotive, and many other industries. We work with many types of rubber, including silicone, EPDM, neoprene, uninitrile, and viton. Our quality system is ISO and AS9100 approved. Over our 47 years in business, the S&H brand has become known for superior quality, quick turnaround, and competitive pricing. Please check out our website at www.shrubber.com or call 714-525-0277. Let S&H be your sealing solution.
4: Successfully navigating the changing world of public relations and digital marketing requires an experienced, tenacious, yet gracious team. In business for more than 20 years, Orange County-based and delivers big agency results with personalized service. For more information, call us at 714-536-8407 or visit us online at T&Co.me.
1: And welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. Chris DeRosa, president of the western region of Cigna. And it's a huge region with a lot of important people in it. We were talking about that during the break. I'd like to thank and acknowledge our listeners who listen to the radio show as a podcast. You've downloaded over 17,000 episodes over the last 30 days. And we here at the radio show program appreciate your continued and growing support. Of course, all of our shows can be heard anytime on Apple iTunes, Stitcher.com, Spreaker.com. Several hundred former radio show guests whose CEOs have been on our show, and they have put it on their website, our interview, as well as other business-oriented podcasting services. If you would like to learn more about us, visit us at criticalmassforbusiness.com. Okay, let's return to the interview with Chris DeRosa. Let's talk a little bit about Challenges that are facing your industry, maybe your firm in particular. Can you give us a sense for what you're looking into?
6: Yeah, well, I think the whole industry is still challenged with affordability, uh, with all the regulations and with all of the uh, that came out in laws passed. They really did little to address affordability. It turns out there's still technologies that are more expensive. There's pharmaceuticals that are expensive, and we continue to see a growing need in the demographics that are going to uh, create a cost drivers into the future. And so, I think there's a real opportunity. Um, to address affordability, and and not to sound redundant, but the way we believe we're going to do it sustainably is, again, to improve the health, well-being, and sense of security for our customers, and that's really what our strategy is, and we think that that offers us our best growth opportunity as we go forward is to continue to capitalize on that, as well as the fact that we have such a broad array of integrated products and funding arrangements, that is what we also think is going to let us capitalize on it. We actually offer a full array of dental, behavioral uh, life insurance, and we do it both self-funding and fully insured. You might say, well, isn't it just a list of products? The actual integration of them is where the value is. For us, our ability to identify high-risk pregnancies through periodontal disease in dental claims is is. Tremendous for us. A little known fact.
1: Uh, yeah, I didn't know there but, was a correlation. But
6: actually, women with periodontal disease generally have high risk pregnancies, and our ability to match those claims and help identify those women and do an outreach to help get them early on helps us, you know, reduce the number of preemies and improve their health along the way. So, having an integrated program is uh, critically important. I would think over
1: the past few years, your people, the role of your team supporting your middle market companies has been more important just because of the level of uncertainty and confusion that's existed in things that they sort of knew how to handle on their annual renewal of their life insurance, health insurance, et cetera. Is that true?
6: It is, and it's also changed dramatically. Um, if you were to think back just 10 years ago, 10 years ago benefits was something that was done out of HR, maybe by a benefits representative, and it was something that was just sort of handled there. Nowadays it is not uncommon. My team talks directly with CEOs and CFOs about their benefits because it's such a large cost item. And so the nature of the talent that I've had in my organization is how to evolve with that. That is a very different conversation uh, to have with those individuals than it was, say, with just um, you know, a few years ago. Um, so it really is about affordability. It's about translating that into a full workplace culture. And that's something that the entire organization from the C-suite down has to be engaged in. And so you know, my team has been evolving as well along with that trend.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and talking about a culture of health, it is a... You know, I'm uncomfortable saying that the health programs that an employer offers is a perk that should attract employees. But on the other hand, I'm comfortable saying building a culture of health is an attractive culture for certain employees to want to be a part of.
6: Does that make sense? It does, and the benefit plan is something that enables it. The benefit plan helps provide the incentives to the individuals who are taking care of themselves, as well as providing coverage for those who do have an acute or an illness that needs to be dealt with. Uh, So you think about the opportunities for the employers at... You know The wellness opportunity, which is the bulk of the employee population, is those who are well and we need to keep healthy. Right, And then it's the condition management for those. Once you do have a condition, how do we maintain that and help minimize its impact on an individual? So both are important, and yes, it should be something that attracts employees. They should want to be part of a company that's got a culture of health as opposed to one who doesn't really care about them. Right, and
1: who's comfortable at a C-level talking about their culture of health and their benefits program right y- yes rather than say well when you get the hr they'll tell you all about our benefits right. but trust me skippy it's good
6: yeah there are many ceos particularly in the chamber and others that i've talked to and they particularly care about their wellness it is what attracts their employees it's what helps hold their employees to them and when you think about some of the issues with demographics and the challenge in, in recruiting talent and how, and how much of a competition it is you really want to be that place of choice for employees right because
1: employees are getting choice again in the workplace they are all right we're talking with chris De rosa president of the western region for cigna uh, let's talk about the future dream with me for a minute chris what's the future hold for the western region of cigna what, what's your vision
6: uh, for us we continue to um partner with the uh with our providers and i think that's really where the future is for us is really continuing to work in an integrated way with our hospital systems our provider partners and a lot of those conversations are under underway today and it's something that i think um, I really envision less antagonistic relationships, if you will, between uh, pro- between providers and health insurers, and definitely uh, less uh, as we go forward on that, as we work more in partnership.
1: There's a lot of moving parts in the health industry, isn't there?
6: Yeah, there's a lot, um, and more so than I've seen in my my 23 years. I mean, oh, I've really? seen a lot. Uh, even when I watch the HMOs come and go, this uh-huh. has been far more disruptive. What's happening right now and a much bigger change that's taking place well and i think
1: um get off script a little bit i think we as as customers of that system don't always understand how many different business entities we're dealing with and different views of the
6: world and different motivations right yeah absolutely and and sometimes i wish i could say that the entire system was completely aligned today but we know that it's not there are those who benefit when people are sick there are those who benefit when you spend more time in a hospital. There are those that benefit um, when you have more services. Um, and we really need to, to work on the alignment of those incentives in partnership because we need to make sure that we address all of the stakeholders, not just one. I often find it's, it's difficult in the conversations about healthcare care when anyone picks just one stakeholder's point of view and drives from there without recognizing that understanding back to my guiding principle right that there are other stakeholders who have just as much of an important vested interest in the system and really have to work with all of them to find that way that it's going to work for everybody
1: right but the empowering message that i've gotten from your interview here on critical mass radio show chris DeRosa, rosa president of the western region for sigma boy that's a mouthful but i keep saying it because it's important is that the thing you do control as an individual is your and as a company owner is your culture of health and the more you can abstain from needing the services, at least the better off you are for the long term. Right? Yes,
6: and the happier my employees are, and the better they're, more they're going to be at work. They're going to reach their highest potential when they're not distracted and consumed with their with a disease or consumed with a you know some kind of other issue.
1: Right is or important. single mothers with sick children. If you can help them at an early age, I mean, it it it, it permeates the whole family yeah, not just these single Absolutely employee.
6: when you think about our services um our program on behavioral health if you call in we actually can help you find a babysitter adult daycare we actually have a service that will refer you to legal in order if you have an issue around a will trust or divorces because the more time you are distracted by these items and the more right. they weigh on you and pressure you the less you're at work doing the things that are going to benefit you and your family
1: right those are real problems that are going to get taken taken care of first. I don't care what you think about your employees. A sick child takes president over any project, any customer, anything that's going Absolutely. on. Absolutely, right? and
6: the sooner we can get them in, get them the right care and the right help for that, and help them find the services around that they're going to help them support that, the, the better off everybody's going to be.
1: Well, I'm going to I'm going to go out on a limb here and say if the rest of your uh, region, which you directly lead, or your company, which you probably influence at the role that you're at, has has this level of Sophistication and, and comfort level and uh, attitude. It must. Signa must be a good brand to work with from a middle market CEO's perspective. Uh,
6: I think it is. Um, our customers generally persist at about a ninety five percent rate. Um, I've been here twenty three years. Our president's been here. Uh, CEO David Cardani's been here twenty four years. Um, my boss was here about you know twenty seven years. I mean it's a it's a great place to work because again it's a it's a culture of health and it's one that encourages people to reach their highest potential. If someone wants to learn more
1: about Sigma, Cigna because they are a middle market CEO and they're considering your brand based on this interview, how do they find you online?
6: Uh, they can find us at www.cigna.com, or they can feel free to email me directly at Christopher.derosa, D-E-R-O-S-A, at Cigna.com, C-I-G-N-A. Thanks for being a friend of the program. This has been a lot of fun, and welcome to the Critical Mass community. My pleasure. It was great being here. It was great listening, and I uh, l- hope to talk to you again sometime in
1: the future. All right, I'm sure that's going to happen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get out. We are finished with this version of Critical Mass Radio Show. I hope it's helped you with uh, your decision-making skills. I'd be remiss if I didn't thank Center Club, Community Bank, Decision Toolbox, Executive Unlimited, MBN Design, S&H Rubber, Strategic Market Intelligence, S- uh, Succession Strategy, Sorry, Sunup Group, t and Company, Tone Software, Turn Up the Volume, and UPS Protection. Our engineer for today is Paul Roberts. Our producer is Crystal Nunley. Our assistant producer is Amanda Pointer. Kathleen Shepard is our guest coordinator. Our live events producer is Asia Celestino. Melissa Padani is our social media manager. Rose Chamorro runs our sales department. And I am your host, Rick frenzy If you'd like to find me on LinkedIn, I'm Rick rich well richard rick Franzi, ceo peer groups is my twitter handle and just type in critical mass radio show on your podcasting software and you'll get our regular updates until our next show i hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction
0: you have been listening to critical mass radio show business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to ceos who are leading middle market companies with your host richard Franzi.